not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. Avengers! I am not going to What's up, everyone? Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, here with... Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Hey, you guys. What up? I have a question. Okay. (laughs) Why was the Thanksgiving soup so expensive? Uh, Jesus. Is this a riddle? What? I don't know. Why I'm gonna was hate it this. So expensive, Rashani. Because it had 24 carats. Can we can we yeah. cut the mics for a second? Out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I love a good joke. Okay, woman, well, knock knock. Who's there? Arthur. Arthur who? Are there any leftovers? Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a shitload of leftovers if you're using 24 carrots in your Thanksgiving meal. You fucking psycho! It's a soup. I don't care. That's they're, too many carrots for a soup. Maybe, they're minced, baby carrots. Josh. Baby carrots. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a lot of. Ba- that's a carrot soup. Well, you don't get any. How about that? Okay, thank you. <laughs> I could hit my uvula. <laughs> with a toothbrush, and it wouldn't trigger my gag reflex as much as warm oh, carrots my. do. Uh, one time, my babysitter fed us uh, warm carrots with Velveeta cheese on top. Electric chair. Honestly, <laughs> dude. Me and my brother stared at each other, and she's like, you guys cannot get up from the table unless you eat this. And I'm like, what <gasps> the fuck even? You eat it. You know, if you get food poisoning from yeah. like Burger King, you can't eat Burger King for like a year. It's been yeah. like that, but my whole life. <laughs> Bounce back pretty quick. (laughs) A year is pushing it. (laughs) I can't stay away from you, Mr. King. I can't quit you. (laughs) Christmas has so many movies, as we'll find out in a few weeks. Movies for Halloween, of course. But do you guys have any movies that you put on during Thanksgiving? It's called Thanks Killing. No. Oh, why did I open this door? I'm like, you are just setting this boy up. Why? A cursed turkey that comes back to life, I believe, once every 300 years, and it goes on a killing spree. Did we watch it last Thanksgiving? Yeah, last Thanksgiving, I showed it to you guys, and it's an we. I turned it on just to kind of show you the intro, because and like, haha, look at this turkey movie and then we watched all of it we sat there and watched that entire movie. literally jaw on the floor the whole fucking time i don't think i have like a thanksgiving movie per se yeah i feel like at my house it was like football was on that yeah. we, no one was really watching except for i guess well my mom Aren't and f- my grandma you from my texas mom. yeah the cowboys play every thanksgiving exactly but we're not cowboys fans Texans fans, Chiefs Nation, Kansas City Chiefs fans, and what? don't you forget it. <laughs> like my mom listening right now is probably yelling. I am only a fan by association, not a true fan. But um, yeah, I think we would just have like football on, and it was like that ambiance that's in the back. But I was never paying attention because I was filling my face with food. I don't have a Thanksgiving specific movie. But I think this movie is an all-year movie. I will watch it at any time. But I usually kick off November with The Nightmare Before Christmas because it's post-Halloween, it's pre-Christmas, and you get kind of a little bit of everything in between. Um, And I actually just watched that this week. So I guess that's my... It's like a season, a seasonal movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, this is also not a Thanksgiving movie, but... What are we fighting about today? Rashad? Yes, sir. We watched Soul Food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you taught me everything, everything you've given me. I always keep it inside. You're the driving force in my life. There isn't anything or anyone that I could be. And it just wouldn't feel right. 
Soul Food is a 1997 dramedy produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, directed by George Tillman Jr. It stars Vanessa Williams, Vivica Fox, Nia Long, Mackay Pfeiffer, Brandon Hammond, and the incredible Irma P. Hall. Mm. Soul Food tells the story of the Joseph family, a close-knit Chicago family that gets together every Sunday for an amazing Sunday soul food dinner. Mm. When the matriarch of the family, Big Mama, falls ill, the responsibility falls on Big Mama's three daughters to keep the family tradition alive. This movie is very important to me. I have seen it countless times, like we always say on the podcast. Uh, This is one of the first movies I ever saw with both my mother and my father in theaters. And naturally, I could relate to it. And now it's just, I think we were saying with maybe Selena, where it's just in my DNA. I just know every line. I was watching this with Mel, and I was just... Trying my best not to quote everything every five minutes. <laughs> and I did it. I did it. I stayed you quiet did. during most of the movie. Uh, but Soul Food is is a, I know Lacey would probably say, a quintessential 90s movie. But it is also one that I love and cherish and am ready to be Bring it. I'll start with a positive. <laughs> there was a quote at the beginning of the movie that Ahmad said, said um when talking about his grandma and he said i always thought that there was a special connection that was just between her and i and as i grew up i realized that that was the kind of connection that she had with everyone she Mm -hmm. made everyone feel that way Mm -hmm. and i got super choked up because that's how i feel about my grandma so i was instantly like in that relationship invested in that relationship and then I turned to Josh and I said, Grandma's going to die, isn't she? That's what Rashawn is doing to me today. I see. Yeah, there's not a doubt in my mind. that. Yeah, we watched it with Marla, of course, who had never seen it. And she turned to us and she was like, Big Mama's going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, shrug. She's going, to, uh, she's going to cook in that kitchen on the other side, huh? The great big like- kitchen in the sky. <laughs> cool to give us hope like with it oh she's she's just in a coma she's gonna come out of it her coming out to deliver half of a final message was a nice little twist but still didn't stop the predictability of her dying right (laughs) it's not even it's hard to call it predictability when they tell you they tell you it's gonna happen yeah yeah from what i've seen i will admit i didn't watch as much Black-centric cinema, but it was great to see a, a black family who were all successful. Mm-hmm. The conflict in the drama didn't come from some ham-fisted, shoehorned-in, failure-to-succeed sort of subplot. It was once a successful lawyer, their business owners, it's they've got strong family bonds. It was it was nice to see, especially in the '90s when it was a lot easier to make easy lazy drama in a different way well i had seen this movie before and you showed it to me so this is my second watch and i it is like such a warm feeling watching this movie uh i didn't like totally grow up with like the sunday dinners around the table because my family's pretty small but we do have that kind of like when we eat and we eat and type of thing so I had that. And then, of course, like my grandma was still around. So I, even knowing that Big Mama was going to die, I was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. I'm not prepared. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and I, I what I think I love about this movie is that the kid, Ahmad, is like the through line. Like he's mm-hmm. the one doing everything. Because I sometimes feel like movies will show you like this little kid and then they'll kind of start with a kid and then kind of break off. And then you're like, what happened? And then it's somebody else's direction. But I like that he's like the through line through the whole family. Okay, but Rashawn. What's up? I have problems with this movie, but I also have things that I really liked. Mm -hmm. And they will be interspersed throughout, as is this this movie's way. (laughs) I described this to you Mm -hmm. in a message, this film, after watching it as 
all gas, no brakes. <laughs> your running commentary was pretty great. This movie goes 100 miles an hour at all times. And <laughs> and when I say that, I don't mean it's on a highway. I mean, you go 100 miles to the west, and then without slowing down or switching gears, you do a U-turn, and you go 100 miles an hour to the east, <laughs> and then you go 100 to the south. It there is no emotional recovery time in this movie. It's awesome. You got this adorable voiceover from Ahmad. You're meeting the Reverend. You're meeting Mama Joe. You're meeting the whole family. Everyone's so happy. You see, you see Bird and Ahmad dancing. It's so sweet. And holy shit, the groom is having sex on the dance floor. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, and now there's a guy in an all white suit who just fondled the bride. What is happening? Have you ever been to a black wedding? <laughs> i wish i could say it was exaggerated but even with the adulterous behavior yeah (laughs) (laughs) and but like that's just the opening example like yeah the whole the whole movie is like that it doesn't slow down ever it's because it jumps so many stories each one story is about a family that's falling apart. One is about a family that's growing. One is about financial struggles. One is about crime and and the overcriminalization of marijuana and black community. Like, 100 miles an hour in each direction. <laughs> I, I have a question for you, Rashawn. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. You know how you're always screaming at me in every episode about... <laughs> <laughs> about... Yeah, but this movie... Like what is it? It it's not a satire. It's not a comedy. It's not campy. What is it? What the fuck is this movie? Rachel? I don't think that is quite <laughs> what I'm saying. The question still stands. It's what a, you... This this movie is is a melodrama. It's it's Ooh. like a it's a two hour melodramatic soap. But there's some funny moments in it. Yeah, there's yeah, some, like, yeah, some yeah. Comedy. Definitely, yeah. It, it's like a it's a dramedy, but it's also it's a melodrama. I think you know. Do you have three different sisters with three different storylines? To further my point, it was later adapted into in two thousand. It became a a series on Showtime. Mm. So yeah, it, it's I see no, your face. No, just a follow up question then. Uh huh. <laughs> Why do you rag on Tyler Perry so much? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh I will say I'll 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 let you gather your thoughts, Rashawn. It feels like this is the movie Tyler Perry keeps trying to make. Yeah. Right. There we go. Okay. Almost always failing. <laughs> Pretty much all the time. But yeah. But it feels like it's always he's always trying to make this movie or parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a great example of of melodrama I, because a lot of people use that word as a pejorative and 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 i think that when done well a melodrama is really effective the kitchen sink is in this movie it's so many things going on you know there's yeah. adultery there's you know the justice system failing another black man there is a baby <laughs> you know what i mean like and then the long lost cousin shows up and, and and there's so much going on but i think it's grounded in those moments around the dinner table where you know who every single one of these people are for the most part most of the characters are really well drawn pretty well fleshed out and performed so well i think most of the actors in this movie are just so good Vivica Fox is just Vivica so Fox great. I've met insane. that woman time and time again. I was just, yeah. We were cracking up because anytime her and Terry, is she the older sister? Vanessa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime that they get into a fight, it's like the bickering after she walks away is just so real. So good. Like she has what she has to say, but she's like, I'm done. I'm walking away. You know, and like, you don't <laughs> stop. Like, she just keeps going, and I'm like, yeah, that's so realistic. It's so good. I will agree with the performances. I think the performances in this movie are stunning. I think they're all so well done. I think the relationship between the three sisters is so accurate and Mm -hmm. so well depicted. There's so much love, but there is so much tension and jealousy and responsibility 
that weighs on all three of them at any given time. I think that that depiction is beautiful. But then you have moments that take you out. Like what? Speak on it. I agree with Lacey. I do feel like Terry, which is the oldest sister, has the biggest stick up her ass I've <laughs> ever seen. chill out a little bit. Seen. And I said that. Like, I said that when watching it, and I've seen it before, but I'm just like, I don't think this movie gives her the, like, the reason. Like, she's just always in a bad mood. Like, she she's always talking about her money. And, and Vivica Fox's character is always like, you always got to bring up money. And it's like, yeah, why? But then she turns around, and there's that moment at the anniversary party. She she says, like, Terry, you're always bringing up money. You're always bringing up money. And then she's the first person to take a breath and say, so I think Miles and Terry should pay for everything, and then we'll pay them back in installments. And so yeah, that was dirty. It's that kind of gaslighting where it's like, why are you always talking about this? But then she's quick to use Terry's financial situation to benefit the entire family. And so I think where Terry's stick up her assness <laughs> comes from <laughs> is that she has been the person that has had to financially, at least, keep the family together. I mean, she she loaned Bird her money for the shop. Mm-hmm. She has... Uh, bailed out Faith when Faith went to jail and Mama Joe had to bail her out. She had to help Ma- Mama Joe. So I think a lot of that, a lot of those situations have built her up to be this kind of like, all right, what do you want? What do you want from me? Because I know it's my money. You know, she says she's an ATM. Right. Automatically Terry's money. So I think that's where her her rigidness comes from, at least for the family. I can't speak to the Miles part of it. I, I can't disagree, but I feel like I wanted... A different side to her i feel mm-hmm. like her character is just that you know mm-hmm. it's like i totally get that like in the family you know you're the oldest you got to pay for stuff you know big mama always counts on you or w- whatever it is but it's like even when she goes home there's still like this coldness to her even with her husband like when her husband's like come on dance with me and she's like no i'm drinking my coffee <laughs> you're like well damn you <laughs> Not know to mention she the person she wanted to end up with, her sister married. And Miles was her second husband, right? Yes. Did they yeah. say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's kind of taken the brunt of, every, I think, everything. And that's led her to just be like, yeah, whatever. When it comes to performances, I think the three sisters are fantastic. Miles and Kenny, Michael Beach and Jeffrey G. Sams mm-hmm. are also very, very, very good. <laughs> I know where you're about to go. I, I'm I'm gonna say this. Okay. To, well, first before I before I go to Makai, Simuel, not Samuel. Simuel. Simmy. I don't like his performance at all. I don't like it when a character is I'm the villain, and so slimy. Yeah. I'm always the villain, and I'm going to be the villain. It's like okay, then why should I give a fuck? I I know going in that I'm gonna dislike everything you do. I'm never going to agree with you. There's nothing redeemable about him at all, and that's partially writing which is my transition to Lem, Mackay Pfeiffer's character. I think Mackay is a great actor. This movie seems like it was written and shot by five different people because the scenes with Maxine and Kenny, the, the, the at-home scenes with the newborn are so touching and, and grounded and realistic. It, it's like it was written by a seasoned NBC sitcom writer. Mm-hmm. I totally see that. But a lot of the scenes with Bird and Lem are like a first year soap opera dialogue. It goes from grounded to like high concept melodrama in a second. And it's like, what the fuck? I agree with that. And I think that's what I was trying to say in the beginning is that a lot of the bigger dramatic moments feel very jarring to me Mm -hmm. um, because so much of it is rooted in realism and is so grounded and is so well done that Mm -hmm. moments like Terry pulling out the knife and chasing Miles around the anniversary party. Like what the fuck? That felt so (laughs) huge (laughs) to me. I, I, I understand like Terry is the one who's very put together. She's like, she's, 
got everything under control. She's the very type A personality. So to give Mm -hmm. her that moment of lashing out and like letting herself really feel and do like what she is feeling at her core, at her base is rewarding as a watcher. Mm -hmm. But it also just feels so big to me. Like it felt so, so big. I don't know. And then there were moments like Mm -hmm. between Bird and Lem, you know, the fight scene in the bathroom. Like, that part of the story really bothered me with getting Lem the job and Lem's retaliation and anger about that. And then Maxine's whole monologue. That is the worst part of the movie. What? When Maxine tells Bird oh, in the hallway, in the hallway, you have to let a man handle his business and feel like a man, and you don't need to like bolster him in any way. You just need to support him and be the woman and let him be the masculine. Fi- like that bothered me so much. That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole oh movie. Oh my god, Rashawn. I know. <laughs> I know. Less less for what she's telling Bird and more because it's one of those quiet moments that you you guys are saying that aren't there that I think it's just two sisters in a hallway just talking to each other. The emotion behind that scene is very good and yeah. and the stakes and the circumstances are all very good and it's well shot and it's well acted, but the message is so brutal. But I don't I don't think she's saying like just stay in the kitchen and and let him be a man. I think she's what she's saying is which is where she's coming from because she watched her mother and father do it, which is men are prideful. And sometimes when you get in the way of that pride, even though it's unjustified, you have to let them work that out. And I don't think she's saying just let him do everything on his own. I think she's saying which I which what Bird did going to her ex to get your husband a job is iffy. Yeah, the the ex part is iffy, but that's the thing is you're you're writing it better than it, it was written. Yeah. She didn't justify it with saying it's not right, but these are how the men think. It's she shouldn't have gone to the ex. She just said you got to let it be a you got to let a man be a man. He that's, has his pride. Yeah, that's I mean that is I mean you can interpret it both ways, but saying let a man I be a man. I interpreted how she said it. Let a man be a man? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I took it as men, men are going to do what they're going to do and you kind of just got to step back and let them do it, but not in the way you're saying it, Rashawn. In the way... Okay. And I say that because you get the other scene with Lem and Kenny when he goes to Kenny and he's like, yo, I lost my job. And they're just like, you know, don't tell a woman that you lost a job, especially a black woman. Ha ha ha. And it's yeah. like, I think that's kind of a, a mirror conversation conversation where you have like these two men realizing like, I can't tell my wife I got fired. Mm-hmm. And then you have two sisters with their two husbands. Like, you got to do what, you know, a man's going to do what a man's going to do. And because of that first scene, I think it... it my interpretation of it is not really like that progressive. <laughs> but here's why I say that is because up until that point, Bird is the breadwinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and these three couples with the exception of, I believe Maxine are, t- are couples where the two partners are all bringing in. But it didn't, it didn't even seem like it was about the job. It was just about him not wanting his wife to interfere with his affairs. Like the part that didn't work for me was that, Maxine uses Big Mama as an example of like you can still be in charge and you can still be bringing in the bread and you can still be you know supporting your family and doing things for your family as long as your husband isn't aware that you're in control and that Mm -hmm. to me is not healthy like that's not you know a relationship should be reciprocal and I I just didn't I didn't like the presentation of that conversation. I didn't like the six-minute music video that was shoved into the <laughs> middle of this movie. So the producer, oh. so oh. Babyface could flex his chops. Look, if I'm making a movie, I'm going to put whatever the fuck I want in it. He <laughs> produced it. 
I will listen to Casey and JoJo sing as much as they I want. I was like, oh, we're doing the whole song. We're doing the whole song. That's another thing this movie did. We got four solos, none of which from characters we've ever met or will ever meet again. And then also the scene where we met the two salon henchmen at her house when they discovered Lem in the shower. What else are they supposed to do? They're just side characters. It does. They didn't need to be there. Why not? She could discover Lem at home by herself. That's nitpicky (laughs) as hell. She just has two friends. It's just, it's another part of this movie that's just like, here's something else. Here's something else. Here's something else. The music so many times in movies like this where you have a spouse is like i want to go be a painter or i want to go be a musician and you never see proof of that miles is someone that wants to he takes some of their money out of the savings to build studio time and you literally get proof of that i want to be a musician here's four other dudes singing a solo (laughs) he's the producer and a keyboardist. <laughs> and a keyboardist. Like and a you really get, fake you keyboardist. get proof of why he's so adamant about yeah, getting that's studio fair. time. And you're like, oh, he's actually really good. And the only person that sees that is Faith. Terry never goes to see how good he is. And then Faith shows up and you and you're like, oh, he's really fucking good. Because he has Casey at JoJo. <laughs> he's really fucking good. And then you get why he took that money out. It's not just like a fluke. Like, oh, I want to go do this thing that's a hobby (laughs) (laughs) the completely arbitrary when Ahmad is going around tricking everybody in the studio is like one more time we missed a note bow perfect leave (laughs) (laughs) you know what let's give us one more singing scene (laughs) (laughs) we need them one more time so it's just so 90s like it's so 90s it's insane in our movie we're gonna let her do a a music number. And then just the dance w- sequence with Faith. <laughs> the, the, the audition where they're like, and I should be performing to the panel that I'm auditioning for, but I'm really falling in love with you. My, <laughs> that fucking it's a seduction scene. scene, you monsters. He, all of he, you. He He's playing the piano and it's a pretty jazzy beat. It's It's got nice rhythm. And then drums kick in from somewhere. Oh, he has a boom box. Yeah, he puts a, a boom, boom box. box on and then he plays the piano. And I'm also thinking... Then He's got why? a boombox with just a beat track Apparent, ready to go. Apparently. He's a producer. <laughs> he is a producer. Beatboxes are huge. That is not... Yeah, they're not pulling that out of their ass. You but literally, like, you to dance? your point, there's a six-minute scene where you see that he's a producer. And she ain't even good. Like, she's <laughs> she's, she's literally just like arabesque arabesque <laughs> she's like eight arabesques arabesque. and two pirouettes they call it good <laughs> okay y'all remember the scene when um simwell goes down to uh limbs break right <laughs> limbs eating a sandwich. blackest Sammy. names i've ever heard in my life yeah you know he's talking about like oh i got you this job I know bird, blah, blah, blah. And that's when you find out. Cue extreme close up. What the fuck? What was that, Rashawn? Please defend those. Please defend that scene. <sighs> I knew this was going to be three on one, even though Carmela's fake as fuck. What are you but... talking about? <laughs> I literally asked you after the movie. I don't even want to talk about it. No, I said, I like this no, movie. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's I'm fine. not going to give you all of my concerns when we're sitting on the sofa when I got to get on the mic. She hides her ammo. Fake as fuck. You're distracting. Anyways. Why? Why did we get an extreme close-up on his fucking molars? For way too long. For so <laughs> For way long. Too long. I have a theory, but I don't think it's even going to be accepted. So let's just say it's gross and move on. No, I'd like to hear the theory because <laughs> no, I, I don't need want it. Some answer. I want to hear it, Rashad. No, 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 no. Let's well, hear it. <laughs> I need it's the not theory. That I just think it's a really weird, yes, but bold directing choice where he's like, I'm going to zoom in on. Makai's eyes and I'm going to zoom in on his lips because you need to get that what he's saying is disgusting and it's about to set Lim off and then it gets closer and closer and closer and then he says the Coca-Cola line and then it just like sets him off I, I don't think it's that weird but <laughs> I mean, I mean it, that's that's not a weird theory theory the things that's that like are the things that are yeah, the things that are coming out of his mouth are disgusting to Lim. I don't even think he's like processing what he's saying. He's just like looking at this guy who is talking about his wife. This movie doesn't let Makai act. It's yeah. like what? It gives put him it it lets him act. It doesn't it doesn't give him any nuance. It's all extremes with Lem. It's like everything's at a 10. I'm going to disagree with you, Josh. I think we get a lot of really genuine moments 
from Lem throughout the movie. I the first one that popped into my head was when um he gets home and he's like, I got a job and Bird is mm-hmm. full on like, I'm gonna seduce you so we don't have to talk about how you got the job and we don't have to talk about Samuel. Like I'm in lingerie, I got rose petals, I got candles, and he's like really trying to have this genuine moment where he's like, I did it, I overcame my my charges, I got a job, I am going to be able to support us, I'm doing my manly thing. Watching the scene, I was like, this is going on too long, like, just kiss your wife, like, get on with it. But then stepping back and looking at it, like, that was his goal through the whole movie, was to get a job so that he could provide for his wife and his family so he could rebuild his life. And that moment to me solidified everything for Lem's character. And I don't want to say justified, but like it made the rest of his performance and lashings out make a lot more sense to me. Okay, I'll I'll concede that point with Lem. Another part with Lem, though, because <laughs> we all know my biggest movie pet peeve is... Yes! No. Come on! He He, for the most part, kept his eyes on the road. however my second highest (laughs) movie pet peeve is this motherfucker was doing zigzags in the street he's holding the wheel no he was driving it with his wrist (laughs) yeah and like just just suspend your belief josh i I didn't say it but it happens in i love you man no no he holds the wheel perfectly still but his eyes are not on the road yeah he did number one he didn't do number two (laughs) Rashad, oh does number two, Rashad, not number Rashad, one. Yes. I'm just gonna, yeah. um, I just want to bookmark what you just said, and I'm gonna hold you to that anytime that? I host a podcast. Now, suspend your dis. No, oh, Rashad, that is suspend not the argument. Dis belief. I am the one that did suspend my disbelief. For this you movie, are the one that did for it. This movie. No, let me go back to this argument because, Lacey, you are the one that never. Suspends your disbelief. Me? Yes. For you are you are using this for Bride of Chucky alone. You won't oh, bring it back. Bride of Chucky. Said, Go. Who said I never dis- suspended my disbelief for Adam's family? I didn't Is that what say you're talking that. About? I didn't say are that. Talking I'm Princess talking about Bride? last week. When did I not suspend my disbelief? Throughout the whole thing, you wouldn't just let it be Jeez. what it is. That is not the argument that I had. Replay the whole episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie doesn't know what it is. You have said that my multiple argument, times. That is not what I said. I said it was a satire, and you guys disagreed. I know what the Princess Bride is. I never had any... Anyway. Suspend your disbelief. My, dis- my disbelief <laughs> is suspended. <laughs> oh, my God. The absolute irresponsibility for Simuel to smoke cigars in a printing press is unheard of <laughs> it's meant to show that he can do whatever he wants because he's a big wig yeah, yeah 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 what else what else we got i want to say that with <laughs> all of all of the things that i have brought up and all of the things that josh has brought up i love this family and i'm invested in the story i i want to know how it ends. I want to know if they're able to all come back together for family dinner, make that happen on Sundays. I I, I think I jumped in too quickly with too many c- critiques. You just you were just ready to fight. That's I was fine. ready. She comes ready. I was ready, but I really did enjoy this movie a lot, and I think that's a testament to the actors and to the the theme that family comes first over everything. And I just, I love you, and I wanted you to know that, that I did really enjoy this movie. Well, it's too late, so. You know, you never said that about Princess Bride, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was honest. Well, I didn't doing? like it. <laughs> I think this, I'm going to save this real, friendship real quick. I think this movie is made for rewatches because. Mm-hmm. There are so many spider webbing plot points and characters that everything goes so fast so far. I think this movie is kind of made for rewatch. If I went back into it, knowing the relationships from the beginning, knowing who everyone was, 
knowing their past, I would be able to take those jolts in the storyline a lot easier. Okay, so my my feelings about Uncle Pete, who we haven't <laughs> talked about, who they barely talk about, I went back and forth on. You know how the little kids sneak up and they they are like, oh my God, is he going to come out? We're going to finally see him. Clearly, they've never seen Uncle Pete before. They just know that he lives up there and that's it. How early on did I call that the money was in Uncle Pete's Very room, early. by the way? Continue. Is that is that like it? Like as far as like plot for him? We don't yeah. know anything about him. Like he's he's not even discussed really. It's just kind Does of Does he like, have Alzheimer's or is he just trying to be kooky and wise? I think he has he Alzheimer's. Because there yeah. was there was a moment at the end though where he kinda like gives her a winking look like, No, I know who you are. No, I, I know actually who you really are. liked that moment. I think that was the point. Mm-hmm. I think that the point was someone who needs help and doesn't know how to communicate that other than living in his own reality is doing his best mm-hmm. to communicate that to his niece. And I actually thought that whole moment was beautifully done, especially by Vivica. It's so yeah, the emotion was beautiful. I just, it, it took me out for half a second questioning. And that's the thing where- is like, I liked the idea of him, but we see that that scene with the kids going up to his room and then the whole movie happens and then not until like the last 15 minutes like oh uncle pete oh um even if he was mentioned in the script like oh go call your uncle pete or so- just something to let us to remind us that he's still there that he's going to be they do mention putting him in a home i do know yeah I, right. that. I think they do mention him a lot like ahmad and kelly go up bird goes up when it's just her for sunday dinner to give him food and he kicks mm-hmm. it back mm-hmm. and then maxine goes and she finally sees him i think he's he's firmly in that space of he's a family member we're taking care of him we know he's there but i think just like the movie nobody in the family has paid attention to him because he's just there mm-hmm. which is why that's where the money is but i also know? think he is a he's a reason that the family force is so united and what I feel like his character flushes out the family. Like it gives, it gives the kids, you know, the recluse that like, we don't really know, but we know that he's family. It gives the sisters the drama of, you know, what do we do with uncle Pete now that mama's Mm -hmm. gone? Like I, and, and the love and the acceptance of, he's not well but we're going to take care of him is a is a family element that does not get featured a lot in storytelling mm-hmm. and is an absolute reality for a lot of people and i think that storyline is imperative to the family storyline in this movie there was a character that i hated for every second they were on screen that we haven't <laughs> talked about yet go for it creepy reverend <laughs> yeah it's not can I just say though, not to delve too much into this, completely realistic. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate that it's played for comedy, but yeah, that is not a an outlandish character. The vibe <laughs> of the movie was like, <laughs> it's okay, it's just how they are. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm I don't like this. Very, very <laughs> unfortunate, all. but un- unfortunately true. realistic. Yeah. yeah. And I am reaching out an olive branch to you, Lacey. I feel how you felt, even though you the argument that you have for me is completely incorrect. I know how you felt last week. I get this movie in in a way, not to like stand alone, but I get this movie in a way that I don't think the three of you get in yeah. those no, that's, that's small true. moments. Mm-hmm. Totally viable. And it just, it feels very, which is why I asked in the beginning if anybody had ever been to a black wedding. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, the pinning of the dollars on the dress. It's those small touches that are just so, for lack of a better phrase, so black. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And so I, but I do, as much as I've been going back and forth, I do agree that th- this is a kitchen sink melodrama and there are things that are just breakneck speed happening. So I get it. I will say mm-hmm. I have been to a fully black Thanksgiving. Mm, like yeah. when I say you. fully, when I say fully, I don't mean just Rashawn cooking. I mean like a black Thanksgiving <laughs> in college, and it was the best food I've ever it's had. So good! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I do just want to talk about the most insane cut 
in the movie, literally, where they're at Mama Joe's doctor's appointment and they talk about how her diabetes has advanced. She says that nobody's cutting off her leg and then they cut to Sunday dinner. And it's a quick shot of everything on the table. <laughs> like, I wonder what is happening. I, I like, I want her to stop I, making the food, but don't stop making the food. Is, you know what I mean? This is a genuine question. Is lack of nerve response a symptom of diabetes? Like when she's burning her arm? Yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. She didn't feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I didn't know that was a, like a symptom of diabetes. So Lacey brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing that, she burns her arm. Yeah, and then and then I think it's Maxine goes. Have you been taking your diabetes medication? I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah her insulin. Yeah, because but her her blood yeah, her circulation's insulin, yeah. like. Then yeah, Lacey reminded me of that. Then it all clicked. But for a split second, I was like, did she see full insulin bottles on the table? Like, I don't. How did you get there? <laughs> but it made it clicked. That was just something I was wondering. I feel like there was one more thing I forgot. I I do want to say I think. To reiterate, the quieter moments are what I love. There's a mm. shot where towards the end, once Ahmad gets everyone back to the house, where it's just Maxine, Terry, and Bird in the kitchen. And they're mm-hmm. just looking at each other and they're just rolling the greens and cutting the potatoes. Yes. And it's just such a beautiful, there's no dialogue, there's no drama. It's just the three of them in the kitchen cooking. I understand Faith getting let back in because she's family. <laughs> Carmela said this. Yep. Miles isn't at that dinner. No, no way. See you, Miles. No way. Maybe at the last one. And I, I do, I love that they stay divorced. And Ahmad says he shows up from time to time to right. get a plate. He's sort of a family acquaintance now. He's not really part of the family, but mm-hmm. they still show love for him. And if he shows up, they'll feed him. I was really worried they were going to get back together because I hate that shit in movies. Yeah, yeah. Just- I think it it tracks not necessarily that he would show up, but that Ahmad would try to get him to show up. Yeah, because Ahmad tells you multiple times he doesn't know why they're fighting. Ahmad, at least at that point in the movie, never knew what was going on. He didn't know about, he didn't know what an affair was. He didn't know why they were angry at each other. So there's no reason for Ahmad not to try to fix it. Yeah. I mean, he knows after the kitchen, he's, he's in the kitchen when she says it, but. Is he? mm -hmm. Yeah. At the anniversary party? Yeah, he goes inside into the kitchen. I thought he was outside on the dance floor. He off. goes in. No, he yeah. Goes in and he goes in and he hears it. He hears it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, yeah. I want to talk about, because we started this off with Ahmad, and I think he's such a great narrator throughout the whole movie. I, I think you mm-hmm. build, as a viewer, a connection with him right from the jump, and his narration mm-hmm. throughout carries you through the movie you you kind of forget throughout that he's a kid because he's talking directly to the audience he's breaking that fourth wall and taking us through all of these melodramatic family stories that are happening but I really I that last scene where he breaks down after he gets everyone at the table is one of the most genuine beautifully acted beautifully written pieces for a child because it brings it all back around to I'm a kid and I'm trying to mend what I don't understand that's going on I don't understand why we can't fix this we're family and you tell me family is everything and now it's my responsibility to get us all together that's pressure that a lot of children feel Mm -hmm. in their families is they have to be the ones to glue it all back together, to fix it and to mend things and to, you know, make the family whole again. And that moment for the audience was really validating. It was really validating for Mm -hmm. the audience because we're watching all of this drama happening between everyone. But I think it, it ties it perfectly into the family with all of their reaction shots of like, oh shit, yeah, this should not be on his shoulders. Yeah. Because his plan makes no None. sense, but but it but it's not supposed yeah. to. Because right. he's yeah. a kid, he has no idea what he's doing. And then once Maxine figures it out, she's like, "All right, I'll just I'll help you do it." But it's it's like it makes no sense, but everyone falls for it. Everyone falls for <laughs> it. So you're just like, well, I guess it kind of did work, you know? Yeah, like yeah, okay, Big Mama left you all the money, a right. child. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they, but I think because they understand that uh, relationship between Big the Mama and, yeah. so they're just like, well, if she would 
you know, leave any money, it would be to him because yeah. he's the youngest. Everyone kind of has their, they're grown. They have their own jobs now. He's young. Mm-hmm. He'll have all the money. Right. For all of the problems that I had with it, Rashawn, <laughs> I would not say no to watching this movie again. Like, I would absolutely yeah. revisit it, right. watch it, and enjoy it. Like, it was, it's, Josh is correct. Like, it goes 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. but I'm on it for the ride. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it. And I, I think, like you said at the beginning of all this, this isn't, this doesn't classify itself as a Thanksgiving movie, but this screams a, a Thanksgiving movie mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And I know technically it's it's just a Sunday dinner, and it's not actually yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. There's a shot at Thanksgiving, but yeah, other than that, yeah. And see, I but, think Rashawn, that's why you were like, you, you're a little liar or whatever, because I walked away from this movie the other day, and I was like, oh, it's so warm, and I had such a good time watching it, and I relate to some of the parts, and then I get on the podcast, and I'm like. Fuck this movie. <laughs> but no, I mean, it has its issues that I'm just like, probably wouldn't put that in there. But at the end of the day, I would watch this again next year or in six months because I do like it. Yeah, I, ch- I check in with this movie at least once a year. And I, I said all that knowing that I relate to it through the black experience and that some of those heightened moments of melodrama don't seem that heightened to me. Like the whiplash of the wedding just feels real and genuine. <laughs> because it's yeah. just like bursting into the bathroom. Who is that? Hoochie coochie. <laughs> like it just all it all feels real to me, but that's me also projecting my experience and my culture on it. None of that means that it's free of criticism. So I like I'm totally welcome to it. So since you'll be having a black wedding, I was okay, wondering yeah, if just... I could grind on you like that. <laughs> well, okay, that's my question too. That's my question too, Rashawn. Mm-hmm. If you marry Henry Cavill, will you still have a black wedding, or is it? It's gonna be a British black wedding. Tea and crumpets and greens and mac and cheese. Fuck but it still up. Still bring them dollar bills. Bring them pound notes. <laughs> Pin it on me. All right. Y'all want to play a game? Yeah. All right, everyone. Gird your loins. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I just guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. We're going to have a little fun. It's Thanksgiving. We watched a movie about family. We watched a movie about feuding. Ooh. We're going to play oh, a little family dip. feud. Yeah. I'm Steve Harvey. Welcome to the family feud. Oh. <laughs> so oh. good. <laughs> that was that was my best. <laughs> that was your best? You need more no. teeth and more Yeah, let me, let me work myself up to it. Okay. So we're going to play family feud this week. But we're gonna skip right to the fast money portion. Yes, God. So we're gonna we're gonna pretend that Lacey, Josh, and Mel, you all are on the same families, and you made it to the final round. You beat the other Woo-hoo. team. Love it. All the, all the other podcasts out there, you beat them. <laughs> Obviously. You- so here's how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna question all three of you, but I'm gonna need to stack it. So the first person is gonna answer, and the other two are gonna mute. And go away <gasps> and then we're gonna bring in the next person and the third person because as you know fast money is yeah. about how you can collectively make it to a certain number of points for this episode we're gonna say three oh, okay i think i think you can do it it's usually yeah. 200 with two people i think you can get 350 okay so you're doing a little deliberating and a little strategizing who would like to go first i will okay. mella you're going first i'm going first okay Hello, Carmela. Welcome to the Fast Money Around on Family Feud. Hi, Steve. Now, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're the, this is Fast Money. We're going to give you 20 seconds on the clock. Okay. And I can pass if I need to, right? Yes. Okay. Please say pass. There are no previous answers, so feel free to throw out whatever you want. You need to get to 350. Timer will start after I finish the first question. Surveyed 100 people. You ready to go? Ready. 
What item might a person who can't cook be asked to bring to Thanksgiving? Foil. Name a Thanksgiving food that often comes from a box or a can. Stuffing. Name a Thanksgiving item children can make at school. (laughs) Pass. Besides Thanksgiving, name a holiday you can celebrate with a lot of food. Christmas. That's okay. We didn't get to the last question. That's okay. Damn it. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Good job, Mel. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) How you doing, Lace? I'm great. So I'm not going to tell you how many points Mella got. We're just going to rapid fire, go through the answers, and you tell me what you got. Okay? We're going to give you 30 seconds. Okay. Okay? Okay. The clock will start when I finish the first question. Okay. What item might a person who can't cook be asked to bring to Thanksgiving? Uh, Plates. Name a Thanksgiving food that often comes in a box or a can. Uh, stovetop stuffing. Try again. Uh, cranberry sauce. Name a Thanksgiving item children make at school. Uh, potatoes? <laughs> Besides Thanksgiving, name a holiday that you celebrate with a lot of food. Uh, Christmas. Try again. Uh, New Year's. Name a movie star you would invite for Thanksgiving dinner. But- uh, Kate Winslet? <laughs> She's British. That was the dumbest thing. <laughs> I didn't even get there, so it's fine. The the, the school one threw me off. I was like, yeah. I yeah. have an answer, but I just didn't think it was a good answer. I said potatoes. What? All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, Serve it 100 people. The timer will start after I finish the first question. Mella has gone. Lacey has gone. I have not revealed any points. Oh, that's new. Okay. Are you ready, Joshua? Yeah. Okay. What item might a person who can't cook be asked to bring to Thanksgiving? Dessert. Name a Thanksgiving food that often comes in a box or a can. Cranberries. Try again. Stuffing. Try again. Pass. Name a Thanksgiving item children make at school. Hand paper turkey. Besides Thanksgiving, name a holiday you celebrate with a lot of food. Christmas. Try again. Fourth of July. Name a movie star you would invite to Thanksgiving dinner. Steve Harvey. Name a Thanksgiving food that often comes from a box or a can. Green beans. Sorry, I had to go for the joke. I hope that doesn't cost us. <laughs> Don't worry, Mella and I. I didn't get to the question, up. so <laughs> I didn't even get to answer that one. Great job, you guys! Great, great, great job. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Y'all want to hear? Y'all want to hear some points? Yes. Yeah. What item might a person who can't cook be asked to bring to Thanksgiving? Mella, you said foil. Mella. Uh, I was panicked. That was zero points. I'm so sorry. <gasps> That's really surprising. Lacey, me. you said plates. That was also zero points. What? It means what? It means what food item, you guys? Oh, it just said brains. Josh said dessert for a total of twenty points. Thanks. Woo! Josh. Drinks was number one answer. Oh. It mentions cooking in the question, so you have to assume it's about food. Can I get a new team? Uh, okay, you can get your salty ass <laughs> off of this episode. Can't come up with not a box or a can. Ooh. Passing the question. Uh, because I came up with the two you said. Hello? Get off Hello? your salty <laughs> high horse. Name a Thanksgiving food that often comes in a box or a can. Melody said stuffing. 44 points. Yeah. Lisa said cranberry sauce for 31 points. Josh Woo! said green beans. Zero points. Wow. What? Stuffing I s- was number one answer. Hey, I said cranberries first, Lacey, so you can wipe that fucking smirk <laughs> off your face. Salty ass. And then I said... and then <laughs> The I family's falling said, apart. <laughs> stuffing, which was the second highest point. Hey, you guys You Why guys got you to fast money. Because you just called me salty ass. My ass because is sweet like a tart, not salty <laughs> like an olive. Like Ain't nothing wrong with a salty ass. Um, right. not? In, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Name a Thanksgiving item children make at school. 
Carmella passed. Uh, Lacey said potatoes. What? Zero. (laughs) What? And Josh gave us the number one answer with a paper-made turkey. I was going to say paper-made turkey, but But I wasn't sure. So how many points was it? 78 points. Woo! We're good. We're good. You said potato? (laughs) Like they grow? What kind of Thanksgiving food? And I was like, they don't do that at school. (laughs) Like they grow a potato in the classroom? That's a root. Know. That'd be very hard to make. It's okay. I, I liked know. the answer. It was just, it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Besides Thanksgiving, name a holiday you celebrate with a lot of food. Carmela gave us the number one answer with Christmas Woo! for 65 points. Lacey said New Year's Eve for five points. And Josh gave us 4th of point. July for seven points. Nice. Christmas and Easter. I saw you make that face when I said 4th of July, too, Lacey, by the way. What? I was impressed. I would not have thought of that, and that's a good answer. I smell divorce. Fucking step down! (laughs) Easter was the second answer after Christmas. Interesting. And finally, this was, uh, I gotta say, all around a disaster for for the family. (laughs) Sorry, I went with a meme. Name a movie. (laughs) Name a movie star you would invite for Thanksgiving dinner. Carmela did not get to that question. You passed and you didn't even get to this one? No, I only had 20 seconds, okay? And the school one threw me off. Lacey said Kate Winslet, who did not show up. I'm so sorry. And Josh (laughs) tried to play to the strengths of the host with Steve Harvey. But unfortunately, I was not surveyed for this question. (laughs) How much... <laughs> Jokes aside, how many was was Tom Hanks on there? That's what I actually top two answers: Brad Pitt and Tom Hanks. I thought Brad Pitt. My bad. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry y'all. I invited a British well woman to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston, Jen- Denzel Washington, and nine people for some reason said Sean Penn. What? <laughs> that sounds like my fucking nightmare. <laughs> I'll be happy if we get two hundred. You said pass, and she said potato. It's because we both wanted to say that, but we're like, I don't think that's the answer. I thought he wanted food. I thought he wanted food. But you didn't think food on the first question. (laughs) I'm sorry. Plates is a viable answer. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer. Thank you. I would have said cups. Ice and cups. (laughs) The cinephile family ended... Fast Money with 250 points. Oh, I should have said Tom Hanks. I should have said Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks would have gotten you there. I'm so sorry. It would have? Fuck. I'm so sorry. You are going home with $1,200. Ooh. Not too bad. I've taken at least 600 of that. $1,250. Excuse me? <laughs> I need to buy my foil, bitch. <laughs> I will say it. Carmella got... Carmella an- got two number one Two number one answers, yeah. Because she went first! I guess we're never bringing this game back to the podcast. My God, Oh, it'll Josh. be back. This was a winner. Bring it back. Uh, Carmella, when you host, you should bring it back. <laughs> Next week, I will bring it back. Wrapping things up, I think we can all agree that soul food is a great melodrama. There are plenty of things that have not aged well. There are some tonal shifts and storyline jumps that make it a little hard to enjoy, but we all agree that it is a rewatchable family classic that really highlights the love and beauty of Black culture. Absolutes. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm still British. Who wants to play a little mm. six degrees, love? <laughs> Me, I guess. Mm, Sorry. Accent. I went to Britain. It's sad, isn't it? So we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation where we connect an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's film. So who can find a connection between Mackay Pfeiffer and Drew Barrymore? I got it. No. Mackay Pfeiffer was in Soul Food with Brandon Hammond, who was in Space Jam with Bill Murray. Oh, oh my God, Josh. Who was in Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Congratulations, Josh. You did it, bruh. Hey, still then doing one. Good game, sport. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and rated us on iTunes. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for us, loves, uh, for a new episode, or you just want to show us some love and crackers. What? We are losing every single UK listener. Dude, he went to acting school, dude. They would never, they would never betray me. I'm I'm one of their people. Me and Adele and Henry. (laughs) Email us at onecinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, (laughs) and Lacey. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) A queen's queen's love to you. And we'll catch you on flip side. Oh, my God. God.